where we talk about anything anime related games movie shows anything anime related we talk about so of course let's get into our new section and we can get into our main topic for this week and one second this thing got rid of it for some reason all right here we go first piece of news from bondingcomics.com amazon is cracking down anime fingers Return target items including One Piece, Eco Robin, and Lucky Stars Konoto Izumi. Uh, after two years after their first sweep was discovered by a justifiable, annoyed storefront owner, Amazon once again has decided to take action against the sales of a number of anime figures, repeating history by removing them from sale on their website and accusing the items of being used to promote child exploit exploration or depicting children or characters resembling children in a sexual suggestive manner i didn't even know this happened this that long two years ago but honestly it's not nothing new that we don't hear once again someone is saying oh you're sexualizing these fictional characters and some of them yes some of them do look like children and whatnot but once again uh, it's mostly just people just bored and have nothing to do so they figure let's just rip on anime again like it's nothing new we haven't heard uh next piece of news from gamer.com the best board games for anime fans some of these i didn't even know were board games so this is very uh interesting to me i won't go into uh straight details about each of them i'll just say whether they are like i mean certain board games and some of them are like dice games and whatnot but Apparently, in order, number 10 is Attack on Titan, The Last Stand. One person plays the Titan while the rest plays as the Scouts. Uh, most of the game boils down to rolling dice to gain resources, then using those resources, and then using those resources in various ways to either directly attack the Titan, set up weapons, or move to a different location. That's very interesting. I didn't even know they made a Attack on Titan game. Number nine is Tragedy Looper. I've never even heard of this, but apparently this is something anime-related. Uh, number eight is Cowboy Bebop Space Serenity. Uh, it's a board game set in the Cowboy Bebop universe. Uh, 
yeah and that's a dicey game as well then naruto she putting the board game sword on the line board game swords of Fel- fellows uh, apparently this one is kind of based on kind of what happens in the first season of sword art so you're really gonna be playing it's like a board game kind of dedicated to what they went through in Ironcrad and kind of doing it like that so i thought that was pretty cool number five is death knows confirmation it's a two-player board game so that's pretty interesting number four is masamura dungeons of arkita i never even heard of this apparently it's a spin-off board game set in the same universe as whatever this is based off of. I've never even heard of this anime, so that was interesting to me. Number three is Mammalian's Blades. Number two is Taro Kua. Uh, that's a deck building game. And then number one was Sailor Moon Crystal Dice Challenge. I didn't even know they made a Sailor Moon Crystal board game, so that was interesting to find that out as well. Um, Let's get into the next one. Next piece of news from combobook.com. Uh, apparently, um, Kino Reeves. I'm sorry, I'm gonna say this name so wrong. Uh, uh, it's, uh, some apparently he is working on this live action in anime. Well, I should probably say it. Netflix announced it's developing an anime and a live action based film based on the actor's comic. Uh, Berserk. It's not like it's like Berserk, but it's B R Z R K R. I've never even heard of this, but apparently the the actor made this comic, and now Netflix is making an anime and a, a live action film based off of it. So, and then, um, that's really it. I've never heard of it. So, if you guys have heard of this, let me know. And if it's something I should look forward to, uh, also from comicbooks.com, Mutsuki Tensen Jobless Reincarnation Anime Part 2. Um, apparently, it's going to be, so the show's confirmed, it will return for a second core following the release of the 11 episodes that's out now. Um, Mushin Tensen Jobless Reincarnation has yet to be announced, has yet to announce a firm date for the second half release. However, fans are hoping it will come around the summer or fall season. So I that's another show I have to um I have not watched. So I'm interesting to hear that they're splitting it up. Kind of like they did with uh, ReZero. They split the season in two cores. So that's very interesting. Uh next piece, next news from CBR.com is a 10 list of the unskippable opening shonen Ooh, excuse me anime rated so number 10 is devil man crybaby um man human um number nine inuyasha changed the world number seven uh seven the ancient magic bride here you haka shell smile bomb number six naruto go number five beat stars wild side number four is Dragon Ball Super, Lemonade Break, X Survivor. Number three is Death Notes, What's Up People. Number two is Nevengelion's Evangelion, or Cruel Angel's Thesis. And number one, Attack on Titan, Gurn no Yama. Uh, I believe that's like the, I think that was the second opening. That one is banger. I, that, that, I don't, that, a lot of these I did, um, I totally recommend, I mean, I totally, um, agree with number attack on titan one is a 
must uh, the yuhaka show the inuyasha like those openings i've never skipped them whenever they were uh playing uh let's see uh next is news from nintendolife.com the anime app animation has launched on nintendo switch in the uk and ireland so initially after initially launching on Switch in the United States and Canada last December, the anime app will be fully functional across the UK later, uh, as soon as this um, article came out. So people in the UK and Ireland will be able to have access to the Funimation app on their Switch, if they have a Switch. Um, one other piece of news. Uh, comicbook.com is talking about Dragon Ball Heroes anime, the dark Dragon Balls. Uh, let's just, uh, Dragon Ball is moving along with its current stories at its own pace and goes from it, and the same goes for its anime as well. As you might know, Dragon Ball Heroes entered a new arc not too long ago and it signaled a huge, a big change for Goku. And now seems like the PR anime decided that it's time to bring out the Dark Dragon Balls for a spin. The update came this month in the most recent episode of Dragon Ball Heroes. The anime kicked off the space and time arc at last and is already shaping up to be something wild. After all, Goku is in a brand new universe that is somehow tied to his homeland, home world or homeland, same thing. And the Dark Dragon Balls are being used by Mysterious Foe. Uh, that's interesting. I believe the Dark Dragon Balls unless people don't like it, were introduced in Dragon Ball GT. So, or the, I think those are the Dark Star Balls. Maybe they're the same thing. Maybe they're just calling it something different here. But that's very interesting. And last piece of news from iCurrent.com. This is the 10 animes created by women to watch in, on, in honor of Women's History Month. Number one is Sailor Moon, created by Nikki, Nakito Takayuchi. I'm going to butcher these names, of course. Uh, number two, Black Butler by Yana Tubi Bosho. I didn't even know Black Butler was made. The anime, or not the anime, the manga was created by a woman, so that's interesting. Inuyasha by Rikio Takahasha. Number four, Narogami. I'm just going to just say the anime because I can't put these names. <laughs> number four, Narogami. Number five, Demon Slayer. Number six, Orange. Number seven, XX Hollow. Number eight, Formal Alchemist. Number nine, Blue Exorcist. And number 10, Gangsta. Um, a lot of these I did know were created. Like the manga was created by women, but a lot of these I didn't. Like I didn't know Demon Slayer was created by a woman um i know about former alchemists i didn't know about blue exorcist um i didn't know about gangsta or like so that was interesting that a lot of these shows that i've seen and i enjoy were actually made by women so that's something to look forward to if you haven't seen any of these i definitely recommend of course i always recommend people watch sailor moon the first season of black butter wasn't bad but i've heard the manga is actually way better so as i read that Inuyasha is good especially with uh yasuhime um I believe the subtitles are done. And yes, the, um, I don't think I talked about that. Maybe I did last week. Uh, so there is going to be a season two coming out. So I can't wait for that. Um, Nirogami is another good one. That's another one I think should totally get another anime. I mean, another season. It had two seasons, kind of back to back. And then it just kind of took a break or never came back. Demon Slayer, of course, we know it's coming back. Orange. I tried watching it. Couldn't really get into it, but 
I'd have to go back and see it myself. And yeah, so that is done with that. So let's just get into our main topic. And as, as you can heard from the beginning, we will be talking about the third season of Sorted Online. Yes, we are finishing up the Sorted Online month. So this time we are talking about the Alizization arc. And we only are talking about the first part, which is the first 24 episodes of, of the Alizization arc. I'm not the second part of Alizization. That's going to be next week. But I'm just talking about the first 24 episodes of the Alizization arc. So it begins inside of an unknown virtual reality VR environment. Kirito spends his day as a child with his friends Yujiro and Alice. The three get lost in a cave in the outskirts of the human territory, ending up kind of in the boundaries of the dark territory. Alice trips, falls, and her hand accidentally touches that territory. By doing so, she is then, then an Italian knight shows up and she is sentenced to be executed by the church and by that holy knight. Kito attempts to stop it, but can't fight back against the knight. And Yujiro tries to stop it, but then his eye starts glowing and he's in pain. And then it kind of just stops there. Cause then you see Kito waking up in the real world with no memory of what happened. Then later on in GGO, uh, you got the uh, whole gang together trying to take out this squad. So you got Xenon, Kirito, Asuna, Silica, Lisbeth, and Klein all trying to take out these um, kind of like these, I guess you could say kind of mercenary group in Gungale. They, from what Xenon explained to them, that they don't really, uh, they attack players and groups, but they don't take their items. So they kind of think it's fishy. Then they realize Kito keeps falling asleep and that's when they talk about this new job he has and how he's testing out this new VR thing and he's really haven't had time to really just get some sleep. He's been so focused on that. So back in the real world, uh, Sinon invites Kito and Asuna to Agil's shop where she asks them to help her win next B.O.B. because um, then it's revealed that the person who won the first B.O.B. named Satellizer is showing up and she wants to take him down. There also Kirito explains the soul translator of the STL and the flux lights and basically what he's doing at this new uh, company called Wrath. So then after that and he explains all that they head home uh, Kito and Asuna kind of talk about their future. Kito decides that he's going to go to America to uh, further his, uh, his, tr- his studying and learning more about technology. And he asks Asuna if she will go with him. Um, of course, Asuna says yes. And then on their way home, they are attacked by uh, this guy who then is revealed to be Johnny Black, the final survivor of the gun of the death gun incident. Um, who was the extra uh, person that they theorized might have been helping the uh, other member, what was it, Red Eye Zaza and his brother Suichi in the uh, second season. So when he goes to attack Kito and Asuna, Kito pushes Asuna back. But by doing that, he does get he gets the guy in the leg, but then he is injected with the uh, whatever poison or medicine or 
whatever injection that they were injecting into people to stop their hearts and kill them. So Kito is struck with that, and we are kind of, that's like one hell of a first episode. I remember when I saw it for the first time, I like flipped out. I was like, holy crap, did they just kill Kito? I was like, wait, what? So then we then are jumped to the second episode where Kito wakes up in the underworld, but has no idea how he got there. But he does still remember his memories from the real world. So he is kind of confused on why he's there. There he, is, he runs into uh, Yu-Gi-Oh. But they have no memories of each other. So it's kind of like them meeting for the first time. So, you know, he then he helps Yu-Gi-Oh cut down this tree, which is kind of his job in life. But he wants to go out and hopefully trained to become a swordsman and maybe an integrity knight because he hopes by doing that he'll go to the church and be able to find his long-lost childhood friend Alice who was taken by an integrity knight so there they um they you know are trying to cut down this tree so that Yu-Gi-Oh can be permitted to go um let's see um then it is there uh then kirito also runs into uh alice's younger sister selka and then she reveals to her he reveals to her what, what he heard about alice from yugio the next day she disappears and both yugio and kirito realize she must have gone into the end mountains as well there they discover she's captured by goblins so as they fight um they that's when Kato realizes that in this world he is feeling the pain a lot more than he did maybe in sword art or you know out um god i can't say it alfham online i can always just say the name but i can't say the acronym but there he's fighting and yujo jumps in as well but then he is gravely wounded and that's when they both kind of, I guess it kind of triggers their memories of them when they were kids. So there, Kirito goes and attacks the boss. Uh, I'm not like the boss, but like the leader of the goblins. And when he takes him down, and that ends up like convincing the other ones to retreat there. Kirito saves Selka, and then she uses her powers as well as summons Kirito's life force to save Yu-Gi-Oh. So while doing that, he gets a vision of a woman telling him she's waiting for him and Yu-Gi-Oh on top of the central cathedral. There, um, after Yu-Gi-Oh recovers, Kirito has gained enough skill points from the battle to use the sword there, which turns out to be the blue roll sword that comes really in handy later on. So with that, they take it and they are able to cut down the tree. Seeing um, Kirito's skill, Yu-Gi-Oh asks him to teach him swordsman. So then by doing, well, actually they do that first and then they cut down the tree. And then by doing that, Yu-Gi-Oh is then allowed to choose his next occupation which is to become a swordsman and head off to the church to find Alice and that's what they end up doing all right and then back in the real world we are back with Asuna uh Sugu and his and her mom there Kito is taken to the hospital then they realize that he is stable but he's unconscious and that his heart did stop for more than five minutes so it's one second 
there we go. So it's possible that he does have some brain damage, which worries them. That's when Kikoka preaches, approaches them and offers that they can treat Kirito if they send him to a certain uh, facility. One second, where is this thing? There we go. So once that happens, um, they when Asuna and Suga go to visit him, they are permit. They are kind of stopped from seeing him, which kind of raises a red flag to them because they're like, "Wait, that doesn't make any sense. You guys are his family. You guys should be allowed to see him, even if it's for like five minutes." That's when Asuna asks Yui to track Kito using the. I should have mentioned that that he uh, made an app for her because she was worried that he wasn't taking care of his health, so he created an app because he has like this electrode in him that monitors his heart rate and his health and whatnot. And so he made an app for her so that he can she can monitor it for him and kind of keep him in line. So they use that to track his location. When they last location is near a port, when uh, Yui pops up and just tells them that a helicopter took off not too long ago, they are scared and thinking that Kito could have been taken somewhere outside of the country. And then when then they kind of split up in two groups, Asuna, Sugu, and Klein go to the port while the other girls, Alifa, not Alifa, uh, Elizabeth, Silica, and uh, Sinon go to the uh, rafts headquarters in Rapongi, but they won't let them in and they actually just search the cameras, but she can't find anything. So there, after that whole after finding out that he might have been on the helicopter and that he could have been anywhere, he could be anywhere, even outside the country. Uh, that's what Asuna, Yui kind of gives Asuna that little peck talk about how when she was trapped in Halo, he never stopped and he eventually found her. That is, she remembers when they, during that whole attack in SAO, when they took down Laughing Coffin, how one member, when it, I think it's actually the one that ended up attacking Kirito, which is the Johnny Black, was about to attack Asuna. He Kito jumped in and saved her. That reminds us her how he's always there to protect her and save her. So now it's this time to be there for him. That's when he remembers things. That's when she starts remembering things that might link up to finding Kirito. Then she remembers the Medicaboid and how the person who created it was Akihiko Kayaba. Then they realize that um, his partner Rico uh, Rinko. Kuya Yui, uh, I can't say these names, Rinko, let's call her Rinko, and she started using it for medicines and stuff, and that's when she was the person who was taking care of Aki Kukayaba when he was diving in SAO, and turns out she was his uh, girlfriend. Um, when she, Asuna contacts her, she takes her to Raf, or uh, not really Raf, takes her to the Urshan Turtle, which is was an offshore research facility where they were keeping Kirito and um, basically where the whole underworld um, recruitment and everything is. There, Asuna reveals herself and asks where Kirito is, and that she demands what's going on and why did they take him. So then Kikoka explains that his brain, of course, was damaged, seriously damaged through it, and they're using their soul translator to restore it, um, and then that they're also using him because he might be a huge key to their whole underworld project, and they're hoping to create an artificial AI that thinks like a human that can later be used for, like, military purposes and stuff like that. So... 
that's really that's really it for that episode so then we go back to the underworld by then oh that's another thing in the underworld time is sped up so for in the real world it's been like maybe two three days maybe even four maybe a week at most but in the underworld when we go back, it's been two years now. Kirito and Yujiro are now trainees at the North Central Imperial Swords Mastery Academy. Uh, there they are, at this moment, they're still mentors. So Kirito has a mentor, her is Sword Tiliana Sulu. There they trade uh, swords, uh, sword skills and whatnot. And then I remember Kirito, to Kirito ends up getting into like this huge not really a fight but he ends up getting into this duel with the first seat which is the Volo and that he challenges Kirito to a fight because he like stirred up his shoes or whatnot that's nothing I should mention like the corruption in this world in the other world is very serious like even people who are from oh Jesus There we go. <laughs> I knocked over my mic. Um, I was saying in this world, even people who are nobility or uh, I don't want to say royalty. I don't even think there's royalty. I think it's just nobility. Uh, I guess you could say royalty would be like the, the knights or the main person who's in charge we'll get to later. Um, it depends. It really depends on how much prestige or how high your family is so like lower nobles are looked down upon by the higher ranked nobles and they take advantage of them which is another thing we'll get into so when kirito and this volo guide fights he that's another thing that we figure out that in this world uh mental image and strength is a really huge thing that can help you fight so with this volo guy his family has a history of you know being the strong and powerful and that's something that's been passed down generation which makes him stronger too so kitty toad then thinks about like all the people that he is fighting for and in the hopes of going back to one day and with that that gives him the strength to overpower volo and end up winning there kirito decides that he wants to grow these flowers for soteliana that's flowers that can't grow in where they are but grows where she's from and as like a graduation gift but then these two jerks that are classmates of kirito and kind of hates him because they're like oh you're nothing but a peasant from some back wall of a village but they realize that Kito is a lot stronger than them, especially after this fight with Volo. So they end up destroying the flowers that he was uh, making for her. But then Kito hears a voice using him to, to use healing arts to transfer life energy to the flowers. Then doing that, he does end up giving her the gifts after she defeats Volo in uh, combat and graduates as a first seat. And then Kirito and Yujiro are promoted to elite swordsmen. With that, they have their own mentor. They have their own little uh, protege, which is Roni and Tisei. Um, it's really not, I mean, things are pretty good there. They're, oh God, I think they're seats three and four. Seats one and two are the two jerks that ruined Kirito's uh, flowers for Swordtiliana. So, even then, when Yujiro is training, they come up to him and try to, like, what up him. 
but UGO overpowers them and they try to like pull rank and be like, oh, how dare you defy a first scene? And then, then, you know, I think Kitty Toe jumps in and it just really helps uh, calm down the situation. But then they hear rumors from uh, Tisse and Roni that the protege that's working under one of them is being abused by him. So when the girls try to uh, try to solve the issue, they end up kidnapping the girls, gagging them and tying them to a bed, uh, knowing that the taboo index or code forbids Kitty from inter- I mean, not Kitty Toe, Yujiro from interfering because they are higher ranked than he is. Uh, those two try to uh, basically all was about to uh, sexually assault the two girls right in front of him until Yujiro, his, that's when the thing that happened when he was little happens again. His red eye starts glowing. That's when you realize that that's kind of him defying the programming and the code. And by doing that, he cuts off the arms of one of the guys. So by doing that... Um, He's no longer bound by the rules and the laws of the world. If there's something he feels that's not right, he has nothing really stopping him. So when the other guy tries to attack Yujiro, Kito jumps in and ends up defeating him, cutting off his, uh, cutting off both of his arms. And by doing that, he kind of bleeds out and then dies while the other guy escapes. Uh, but after that, that's when this, whatever hap- what happened with Alice, this huge, like, face pops up saying oh there's an error someone broke the law or code um that's when they are sent off well they're kind of um locked away at first then when an integrity net comes to take them away to receive their punishment that's when Kito and Yujiro realize that the integrity net there looks like Alice well Yujiro automatically recognizes her but she doesn't recognize him so then kirito kind of calms you down and sees that like if this is alice and there's obviously obviously they did something to her to why she doesn't remember you so they he tells you you'll just play along for now so that they can uh figure out the situation so when they do get there and they're chained up Kirito and Yujiro end up finding a way to break out of prison using their change and then they proceed to the central cathedral but there they are stopped by an integrity knight then they find out the name of this integrity knight which is uh, uh Eldria who apparently uh is like a pro- uh, protege of uh, Alice there he uses a uh he uses what his divine weapon or a sword against them but then Yujiro kind of recognizes his name and tries to have him remember. But when he does, this weird purple crystal kind of emerges from his forehead. That's when they kind of are realizing that something's wrong. Something is stopping these Integrity Knights from remembering their past and trying to basically control them. So when they do end up getting away from um, Eldre, um and they went to this dead end. This warp gate appears, taking them to a grand uh, library. Then they find out that the person who saved them and got them there is the cardinal system of that world and knows that Kito is from the real world. He, he is not a part of the, or wasn't born and raised in the underworld like everyone else. There she explains the history of the VR world 
and who developed and created the Taboo Index, which we find out is the administrator. So with that happening, uh, they kind of go to a little thing explaining how everything happened with the administrator, how she was afraid of using her memory in her youth. So she tried a bunch of things so that she can reign supreme in the world. And by doing that, she ended up creating the cardinal system in the hopes of transferring her like consciousness and whatnot into it. But the cardinal system ended up fighting back and escaping. So there, she explains how she wants, um, she has a way to defeat the administrator and free all these integrity knights from their from her control. So she gives them like these two daggers to be like, hey, you need to use this against her and send her to me so that we can deal with this once and for all. That's when Kito and Yujiro agree. I don't know, this thing's been acting up, it's been making weird noises. Uh, well, uh, like I was saying, uh, after that they agreed to go, so they go back to the warp gate and head out to find their swords, which at this point, I should have mentioned that uh, Yujiro ends up using the blue roll sword that they found in that cage. Uh, cage cave after defeating the uh goblins then kirito ends up using the trunk or pretty much like using the wood from the uh big old tree that they cut down to make his tree i mean like make his sword so they go back to find it so that they can you know defeat this administrator and get alice back that's when they run into another integrity knight named dusselberg who you think it kind of reminds you of Sinon uh, because he fights with a bow and arrow. There we go. This thing is just getting worse. Um, <clears throat> so after they do that, they get their swords. They run into another Turkey Knight named Dusselberg who fights with a bow and arrow like Sinon. That's when Yujiro recognizes him as the knight who took Alice away. Then it's revealed that he... Uh, after completing that mission, uh, administrator granted him uh, as an integrity knight. As an integrity knight, and by doing that, erased his memories. But then it's revealed that he does have one memory that he keeps secret in the hopes that maybe it'll help him remember more. He kind of has memories of his wife and in hopes of seeing her again, but doesn't realize that it's been hundreds of years since he's been an Antagony Knight, so she's already long dead. So after they do defeat him, and he kind of warns them about all the other Antagony Knights that they would have to go through, including their commander, Kito and Yujiro think of a strategy. When two little girls appear, they don't really inch, they don't really seem all that threatening at first, so Yujiro and Kirito aren't really prepare but then when they stop them with poison daggers they reveal themselves as integrity knights that's when they talk about how they were part of this weird experiment that the administrator was performing with all these kids and they would do that survived so by doing by i guess being the one survived they were granted titles of integrity knights but because they're so young they're only apprentice print apprentice uh integrity knights but they hope by bringing Kirito and Yujiro to the top that she'll grant them permission to be real integrity knights with, you know, everything. But when they get there, they are stopped by Fanatio, who is the vice commander of the integrity knights. 
there, Kirito reveals that he saw through their plans and was chanting a poison resistant spell, or I guess you'd call it a spell, uh, to counteract whatever poison they were using on him. So when he does that, he kind of does help Yujiro and tells him to get ready for when he signals to uh, use his perfect weapon control, which they do get the information from Cardinal on how to use. So when him taking out, um, taking care of Vatio and her knights, Yujiro recovers and then uses his perfect weapon control to freeze everyone in place. There, Kirito uh, unleashed his um, perfect weapon control which I probably should mention this too. During the fight, Fanatio was, um, she had this huge helmet on that blocked her face, but then when her helmet got knocked off, she got all flustered and mad because she felt like people would uh, look down upon her because she was a woman and not take her seriously. Uh, that's when Kito, I really love that scene when Kito says, hey, there's a, there, I know plenty of strong women and I've lost to, uh, but I've lost a bunch to a bunch of them but I've never once looked down on them or held back because they were a woman. When we fought, we went, he gave it everything he had and didn't hold back because he knew that'd be a disrespect to them, which kind of shows kind of admiration for her because she realizes that, yes, this whole time he's been, even after showing, seeing her face, he hasn't treated her any differently and still fights her. So once they are able to take her down, Kito uses one of the daggers that the Cardinal gave them to send her there so that they can heal her wound because she was bleeding out. There, Kito and Yujiro run into Alice again. Uh, well, they were hoping to use one of them, one of the daggers on Alice so that Cardinal could re- re- undo whatever Card- uh, administrator did, but um, they had to use it on Fanatio, so... Uh, they decide they're gonna have to come up with another plan to get rid of her. Oh, excuse me. <clears throat> so then they reach up to the next floor, and that's when they run into Alice, Alice, uh, Kyoto, and tells Yujo he has a plan to get uh, to take down Alice without hurting her. But in the midst of the battle, a huge like hole is created into the wall. Alice and Kyoto are sucked into it and pretty much kind of thrown out the building. Uh, and then Yujo is kind of by himself, but after that, he continues on to the next floor. There, before we get to that, uh, Kirito and Alice are dangling from on the walls of the church. At first, Alice is reluctant to work with Kirito, but after uh, that's funny, that's when he calls her idiot, idiot, idiot. Oh, that was so much, that was so funny. Hold on, let me see, maybe I could find it. That scene was hilarious. Yeah, he calls her like, what? He's like, stop it, you idiot. You're going to make us both fall. And then she gets mad because she's like, how dare you talk to me like that? Uh, It was just, it was so funny. Oh, here we go. All right, I'm gonna play a little bit. Of, I'm gonna play. It was like 47 seconds. So, uh, this this is so funny. Like when I messing, <laughs> I was dying. Here we go. Don't you idiot! What's suicide gonna do? Nothing. That's what. So suck it up. Act like a knight. Quit being an idiot. How dare you, a common criminal, insult me? I demand an apology. 
Oh, shut up. I called you an idiot because you're acting like an idiot. Idiot. Listen, if I let go and you die, then what? Eugeo's still in the cathedral, and he's on his way up to the Pontifex. And it's your job to stop him, you idiot! <laughs> Instead of checking out, an integrity knight should be thinking how to get back in. But not you. You're so dumb, you forgot your priorities, and that's why you're an idiot. Look here, I won't allow a rogue like you to insult me any further. Ah, yo, that whole scene, the first time I heard it, I was dying because I was like, oh my God, like I literally was counting on my fingers how many times he called her an idiot and it was just so funny, but it does snap her out of it and they do agree to, she does agree to help and they, you know, climb up the wall, which is so cool the way they do it. They use their swords to uh, kind of step on and then they, Alice makes a chain out of one of her like gauntlets and they use that to like climb up the wall and pull the other person up. It, it's so cool. So, uh, but then they realize that these there's some statues there um, from the dark territory pulled there. That's when the Alice is thinking that's pretty weird that creatures from the dark territory are just posing as statues on top of the wall and that shouldn't even be possible, which does, you know, you see Alice is thinking like maybe everything the quantum quant effects or the administrator told them isn't all true okay and by then Ujo has reached up to the church and he is on this floor just it's like this huge bath and he ends up running into the commander of the integrity knights Broccoli synthesis one let me tell you Broccoli is so freaking cool i freaking love i think he's like one of most people's like favorite characters in this whole arc so when Kitty, I'm not Kirito, when Yujiro confronts Broccoli and uses his blue rose sword to trap them both in ice using his full memory release, he uh, activates a secondary effect of the sword, which drains the life of all objects trapped within it. With it, Yujiro's betting he has more life than Broccoli. Broccoli explains he tries to you know, he tries to explain to Bacoli that he's been brainwashed by administrator and begs him to remember the Blue Rose Sword. And then you find out that he, there was like this huge legend about uh, the cave that they were in and how a knight took down like the, like the last dragon of that world and used the Blue Rose Sword to do it. Then you find out, or then he finds out that Bacoli is the man of the legend. But then the prime, prime senator Kukuling appears uh turning Broccoli into stone really pressifying him using some type of like uh the sacred arts for like to use against the Toadie Knights if they defy them then by doing that he captures Yu-Gi-Oh so after you know Alice and Kirito reach up a good point up the wall they take a break and Kirito convinces Alice to listen to his story including the truth about her past so by doing that um Alice is uh, that's when Alice, when she starts thinking about everything, she ends up getting that red, uh, her eye starts acting up like Yu-Gi-Oh! So when she uh, she fights back against it, and by, by doing that, her red eye explodes as well. Uh, but then, uh, you know, you, uh, Kirito, like, patches it up as much as she can to stop bleeding, you know, like he like that will happen with Yu-Gi-Oh! Meanwhile, Yuja wakes up and he finds himself on top of the 100th floor, but before he can attack, she wakes up putting Yuja in a suggestive state, tricking him into dropping 
drinking your Minjiru, dropping the protection of his fluck-like core. So when she wakes up and they uh, end up getting back in, they find the battlefield of Broccoli and Yujiro. They find Broccoli still there. Uh, but then when they continue, he kind of like signals them to continue on. So by doing, then when they do, and they reach the 100th floor, they are crossing into a forbidden room and for the senators of the church, where they discover several humanoid figures. Once human, they are now trapped in pods, unable to move, and are fed through tubes. Disgusted by the Quantifex ma- manipulation, Alice and Yuji, uh, Kirito, I say yuji It's funny because they're both so alike in this series that a lot of people kind of mix them up or people call uh, yuji the blonde-haired Kirito. It's just pretty funny. So then they in- they encounter Prime Minister Kukulin, but he then escapes like a little coward he is. They chase after him to a den on the fourth on the 99th floor, where they run into Yujio, who has been synthesized as Yujio Synthesis 32, and declares that he's going to fight them. So that's when you realize that she kind of got to Yujio, brainwashed him, turned him, kind of fast forward him into an integrity night. There, uh, Kirito and Yujio end up fighting. Through it, Kirito tries to snap Yujio out of this whole uh, brainwashing thing. Uh, eventually, during the fight, um, Yujiro remains uh, managed to regain control of his mind. He freezes both Alice and Yujiro with the blue sword, blue rose sword, and heads up to kill administrator. Uh, then he pretends to still be under her influence, allowing administrator to put him into a day state and remove the kind of like that purple cube that I guess she was using to control him. While the senator goes to expect the results of the fight, she attempts to re-synthesize Yuji but fails. That's when she tries to attack him with the uh, wooden sword. Well, not the wooden sword, with the sword that um, uh, Cardinal gave them. But then it's hit by a defensive field. That's when they find out. That's when she reveals that metal can't pierce her skin. Uh, the senator is attacked by Kito and Alice as they force way up to her room. Then the three fight him. He proves to be pretty skilled in the whole sacred arts things. He summons like this huge fire monster resembling him and then he attacks. But Kito, with the help of Kito, with the help of Rijo and Alice, Kito is able to take him down using a single strike, which is so cool because in it, he temporarily kind of changes into his uniform, like his, um, I guess you could say uniform, but all the gear and stuff he wore when he was in uh, Einkrad. That's when Administrator find, realizes that Kito is not from the Underworld, but he's from the real world. That's when Administrator summons a creature made of swords, which she calls Sword Golem. Kito, Alice, and Yuja find themselves unable to fight against it until... Oh, excuse me. Uh, familiar of Cardinal changes into this huge spider, fights it off. Yujiro is given instructions to stab the dagger into the floor, which he does. So then she ends up appearing, incapitates the golem when lightning strike, killing all of them and moaning the death of her servant. With um, <clears throat> Cardinal Pinling, uh, Administrator severs the outside link to the world, placing floor 100 in a dark void. Administrator explains the source of all the divine swords that make up the golem are from convoluted human units in the human empire. And the source of its power is something I don't even know. Um, 
which of course freaks them out because they're like using human lives to create this monster. She plans to use it to fight against the dark territory. But by doing that, she'll have to roughly practically sacrifice half of the human empire so population. So Cardinal proposes to make a deal with administrator. She gives up, wants to give her her life for the freedom of Quito, Alice, and Eugio. So she accepts. Um, she accepts and ruthlessly starts attacking Cardinal with like these dark lightnings. Shortly before her death, Cardinal grants Eugio his wish to be fused with his sword. Now you now Eugio is basically the blue sword, but like in a huge form. Oh, it was so beautiful. He decides to fight against the golem, attacking Administrator, cutting off one of her arms. But in the process, he ends up getting attacked by Administrator, which cuts him in half. Oh, that seems terrible. Cause then when he goes back into his real form, he's cut in half and he's bleeding. And I was like, no, this can't be happening. So Yujo is, you know, dying. Alice is still knocked out. It's left to Kitty Toe to fight against the Administrator. Um, she is kind of shocked when he starts using some of his sword art skills. Um, cause there's nothing really in the system to, uh, for like something for her to like look it up and what, how to counter it. So with it, uh, uh, kid, Yu-Gi-Oh begs him to stand using his remaining life force and blood to temporarily f- reform the blue rose sword, which is made of crystal. Dual wielding Kirito loses his right arm, but cut off the administrator's remaining arm and deals critical damage. Administrator decides to exit the underworld and summons the system console, but that Prime Minister do regains consciousness. We thought he was dead because Kirito literally like poke a hole through him in the middle and blood everywhere. So he thought he was dead, but apparently not. So then he latches on to Administrator, begging her not to leave. With the fire, some of the fire star remaining from that beast, both of them both catch on fire, killing them both. Oh, this scene, I was crying my eyes out when this next scene happened. So, Kirito uh, runs back to Yu-Gi-Oh. He's bleeding. He's trying to help him using his healing arts and some of his life force to save him. But Yu-Gi-Oh says it's too late and that he can't. That's when Yu-Gi-Oh kind of dies and takes the small house with him, realizing that Okay, there he goes. Um, as I was saying, um, that's when he takes kind of like the memories of the young Alice with him as he's dying. He realizes that she isn't the Alice he remembers. She's a whole new person, went through whole new things. And with that, Kitty Toe uh, is moaning the death of his best friend of the last two years. Ugh. Let me tell you that scene. Oh my God, I was crying my eyes because I was like, no, get do this to me can't take Yu-Gi-Oh from us no so Kito losing having one arm gone badly beaten just lost his best friend another uh, new friend is unconscious and badly hurt he walks over to the system console and connects makes a communication line to the real world where he discovers uh that the ocean turtle is under attack Kikoka instructs Kito Tekalis to the world and Arthur, which ends up becoming, which is part of the uh, Dark Territory, which is a whole nother mission to go through because that's on like the whole other side of the underworld. 
there he hears them saying that they need to take uh dr kojiro there we go that's her name dr kojiro and asuna to the upper hatch that's when kito is freaking out he's like wait what's asuna doing there and if they're under attack then she's in danger then that's when they find out that they're trying to cut the power like kind of cut to the power and kind of get control of the system but if they do that it will damage Kato's flocklight and send him into like this coma state in the world so when they do that and they then this huge like wave comes in knocking Kirito out and as he's doing it he sees Asuna calling out to him he calls out to her but then falls back and yeah that's really that's the end of the first part of the alicization arc. Um, I remember when it ended like that, and I was like, "Wait, what?" I was like, "Can't just end like that." Then I heard, of course, it's gonna be a pretty much like a season two of it of the alicization. I was like, "Okay, thank God." I was like, "Yo, that's one hell of an ending that they did." I was like, "None of the other seasons, even when they were like going to another like part, never ended like that." So when I was like, and I saw that, I was like, holy shit. I was like, yo, this next season's going to be crazy. Because you got Yujiro's dead. Alice is kind of confused. She doesn't really know what's going on. Everything she thought was a lie. All her memories of the past was stolen. And now you got Kirito, who's in like this comatose state. He has missing one arm. And I know deep down he can still feel, kind of like understand what's going on around him. So he knows that like his best friend is dead. The woman he loves is in serious danger in the real world and there it's people well he doesn't know but he kind of figures like maybe people are after alice or after this whole underworld so it's just a lot going on going into the next season um i remember when i saw it i was like whoa like yo this next season is going to be insane because like what's going on what's going to happen and that's basically what we're going to be talking about next week, which is going to be the Sora Online Alicization World of Underworld, which is, I guess you could say, like part two of the Alicization arc. Um, I'll go into more details about that, of course, next week. So before we um, get into it, uh, like I said, that's going to be next week. So next week, we are going to be talking about uh, Sword Art Online Alicization World of Underworld, which um, is actually just finished dubbing. All the dub episodes are out for all of it. So that's something to look forward. That's something you can definitely look forward to. I'm not sure if it's all on Netflix, um, but the first part of the Alicization is on Netflix. So you can definitely catch that. Uh, I know the rest of it is on Hulu. I'm not sure if the dubs are up there yet, but I do know the subtitles are up there on Hulu's, so you can definitely check that out. And I'm sure there's other uh, streaming websites besides Netflix and Hulu that have uh, the third season of Sword Art Online. So uh, once again, I want to thank you all for listening. But before we go, I want to play the second opening to the Alicization arc the first part um i personally these openings i really did love both of these openings i have them both on my phone i love them so much and i just love sort of openings to begin with and the endings a lot of the endings i totally love too so um i'll that is really it for this week you guys i'll see you all next week so you guys have a great week
I'm not a man. 